Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. This is Chris, and today we're sitting here, uh, well, on the balcony as such. It's a beautiful sunny morning. There's absolutely no excuse why I'm not on the beach, except I choose not to be uh, with a, uh, I want to have a nice cup of coffee. Um, Jess is on the turbo, you'll hear it whirring in the background. There's no kids in the house. It was just a great opportunity to sit uh, in a comfortable space and, well, uh, my early morning coaching session got cancelled and so I have the whole uh, morning up to breakfast all to myself. And uh, I didn't break routine as such in, in terms of getting up early, but uh, I broke routine in, in, in as much as I'm going to go for my swim and my beach walk later on when the temperature gets warmer. Hey, the nature of things. I would, uh, if I could write a book right now um, and evolve the work I do, it would be called The Nature of Things. And so uh, as I formulate this concept in my mind and I start to come up with the ideas that I would like to share in that book, um, I'm going to start sharing uh, for the month of December, which is not far away, the nature of things. And I'll probably write the book in the form of everyday podcasts, so uh, it'll be interesting for us all. I believe that all the podcasts I do and I transcribe them into, um, into words through the apps that I have will eventually end up in a book or in books so I don't just speak for the sake of speaking and downloading information to you. I always have a purpose greater than the thing I'm doing. So that's the nature of things. So let's start off talking about that. That every single thing that happens, everything in the world of nature has a purpose. And so when, when a human being does something, even if it's just go to the bathroom, um, there's a purpose greater than going to the bathroom. So a human being uh, expresses its waste. It goes down the pipe. It ends up going through a treatment plant and ends up out in the ocean as food for fish. So there's an old uh, belief system and that is every single thing you eat has been eaten once before. And that's sort of true because <laughs> Sharks eat the fish uh, and then the shark releases the waste from that. The waste from that goes into the uh, uh, cells and the microbes and the, uh, and the plants and the seaweed in the ocean. Fish eat the seaweed, another fish eats that fish and you catch the fish and eat the fish. Uh, same with the carrot. <clears throat> so everything that happens in nature has a bigger purpose. Uh, our ego is designed to eliminate the concept of that bigger purpose. In other words, the humans have a thing called free will. <clears throat> and that's the only thing that separates us from the universe. So every time our ego kicks in, we become individualized, we become separate. And when we become separate, we become quite dangerous to ourselves and others because we interpret everything 
as being about us. Let's say, uh, hypothetically, you work for a company that had a recent uh, internet invasion of its data. Let's say you work for that company, <coughs> whichever one it may be. And you think, my job, my job is to fix our, the company's problem. But if you look at the nature of things, you will see that that company's problem on a broader scale introduced a variable into the world which is called evolution. That data that we call private isn't private. And that confronts a lot of people to think that their private info, like their passport numbers and all these things, are very private and they can't be made public. But what we've found out from this data uh, breach is that nothing's sacred. So our passport number, our mobile phone number, our uh, identity number, whatever that is, our credit card numbers, our address, none of those things are sacred. They can be stolen from the people who we entrust them. And that's not to say that where we are is right. That is a demonstration from nature, the nature of things, of, from nature of, as to where we're going in the future. That means that your fingerprint or your eyeball, which are pretty much in your possession, are going to become, in the very near future, your logo, your uh, passwords. They're going to become your data. And your credit card number won't matter as much as your eyeball, or your credit card number won't matter as much as your fingerprint. Now, I know we have fingerprint ID on our phones, we have fingerprint ID on our laptop computers, and I love the idea of that. Um, it didn't steal a march in the world of technology because I guess they can chop your finger off and stick your finger on a computer and open it up. But it is a form of identification. Now the cyber security people can identify your name and address and everything about you from a camera somewhere in a supermarket. They can see your eyeball and if they can get a clear picture of your eyeball, they know who you are. I remember the last time I went through the US, all I had to do was look into the camera um, and it knew me. So identify or unique identifications are, are evolving past this numerical clumsy form of uh, uh, assessment. So if we look at the data breach and the nature of things, everything that's sacred is, is held sacred is got to be blown up in some form or another. It can't stay, can't stay isolated. Um, we had <coughs> many years ago the boundaries between Australia and, for example, New Zealand. Um, we had the boundary between Australia and Indonesia, and those boundaries are there's still an arm wrestle between countries and looking for economics. And but the global economics of um, Bitcoin and the global economics of other currencies that are being produced are breaking down those, uh, at least at an economic level, breaking down those barriers. And there are many people who are remaining 
Neanderthal in terms of saying, oh no, I'll deal in currency to currency uh, because I want to protect those boundaries. I want to protect, uh, free people might say also, they want to protect the boundary between masculine and feminine and therefore invent some interpretation of the Bible or whatever it is that says um, we shouldn't change gender. So I think you can see g gender fluidity is even an evolution in the process of breaking down walls at, and saying nothing's sacred. Can you think of any other boundaries that, <coughs> that might be breaking down that you're holding sacred um, that, that might be keeping you at the back edge of evolution rather than the front edge of it? I mean, let's be honest with each other here on the podcast and say, you're going to evolve and either you die young or you evolve. So you can be on the front edge of evolution, seeking to explore the front edge of where we're going and where, what's being broken down and what's the next barrier to be smashed and what's the next uh, limit to be usurped. Or you can be on the back end of it, whinging and bitching and complaining about how hard it is to keep your data private. I was speaking to people yesterday in a, in a presentation and they were bitching about how tough the company uh, structure was. They were saying, oh, it's so confusing. I don't know what job I've got. And I go, yeah, that's what it feels like when you bitch and whinge and tell everything's not right and this person isn't right. That's what it feels like on the, with your foot planted firmly on the brake going, I bloody don't want to evolve into the future. But if you're on the front edge, you go, nature has a purpose for everything. There's a bigger purpose than uh, our company's disruption. There's a grander story. And if you can associate with that grander story, if you can <clears throat> do what we call in the inner wealth work, take a helicopter view, a Mount Everest perspective, uh, things change. And you see it and you relax a little bit more. There's a lot of people in the world at the moment trying to change what doesn't need to be changed. For example, in the old school there was this concept of company structure. There were flat structures and there were uh, tall structures. But fluidity, the concept of fluidity, also needs to be addressed in structure. In other words, can a structure morph between a tall and a flat, tall and a flat? Well, the answer is absolutely it does because the boundaries between people in a business has been broken down now because there is a lot of socioeconomic uh, rules around employment and about engagement at work. Bosses aren't always the authority that can drive a person's behavior. Sometimes it's horizontal authority. In other words, peer-to-peer -peer behavior that drives a person's performance far more than their boss. Sometimes it's bottom-up that drives a person's performance. And so fluidity in 
organizational structure, although we might have lines of authority, fluidity is basically what I've been echoing for the last 40 years, and that is corporate development is about personal development. And when an individual learns to be self-led, then they become part of a fluid organizational structure. And the fluid organizational structure holds each individual accountable, each individual accountable for their own motivation, their own vision, their own inspiration. So what we say now in, in but what I believe to be the best way to run a business or to organize a business as such is to say, inspire the individual, balance the company vision, and then link the individual to the company vision. Now, balanced vision is something that I've worked really hard to, to share with people around the world. And some companies have it, a seven-pronged vision. And they market that vision, 50% of their marketing budget is spent internal. Now, we have very big firms in the world who are absolutely marketing geniuses. They market externally, but they forget to market internally. And when fluidity becomes key criteria for you in your leadership, in your organizational structural development, when fluidity becomes key to you, then you will be thinking to yourself, how do I market internally? Because I want individuals within the business to be self-led and self-inspired. Now, to create a self-led individual in a business, not so easy, because everybody loves the idea of the religious uh, model of blame. As long as everything is what they want, it, what they expect, they are happy. If it's not what they expect, they become unhappy and gripe. Being able to change our mind, the fluidity of an organizational structure begins with the fluidity of a person's mind. Can they say, this place I'm in, which is really uncomfortable right now, is part of being at work. My comfort is not the criteria for how well I'm looking after myself at work. My comfort is not a measure of whether I'm in the right business or in the wrong one. Let's look at nature again when you come to fluidity at an individual level. Everything that happens in nature goes through something to cause it to become something. Think about this. Everything in nature goes through something in order for it to become something. So. Speaking personally, I've been through divorces and I become something as a result of that. Now, to my partner's father, who sends scathing emails to his daughter about the fact that she's with me, my through somethings have produced for him a bad person because. A good person wouldn't go through something, they would stay married forever. And I say, well, that's a fixed model, that's a fixed mind, and I understand there are rocks in Ben Buckler that have taken millions and millions and millions of years to change, but they do eventually wear down. So the rocks are fluid too, even though they might not change as quickly as the sand on the beach which, by the way, at the present time in Bondi, stretches out about half a kilometre out to sea. And you can almost walk 
uh, 500 meters out from the beach and you're still up to knee level. It's astonishing how much sand has shifted. I had to pause the recording because the garbage trucks were out front. <laughs> so fluidity, there you go. So there are people who put their, who believe that um, going through something is a sign that something's gone wrong. But every single thing you will ever experience and witness in nature has gone through something. The tree outside the front of this balcony that I'm looking at right now has been ripped and torn and smashed and bashed. I've even cut branches of it and put, put wounds on it without anaesthetic. <laughs> it's had birds eat it. It's had pollution kill it. It's had buildings attack it. But here it is sitting out there right now. Sitting out there right now. Green. It's only green because it's gone through 50 years. It's an olive tree. It's gone through 50 years of torture. And it's ironic that when a person goes through a depression or goes through a stress or goes through something, they think something's gone wrong. But it hasn't. In the big picture, there's a purpose to everything in nature. There's a purpose to everything in nature. And when you go through something, it's not to tell you that you're fucked up or that you're not worthy of love or that you're a bad person or that you're an idiot or that you're a fool. It's to say to you, here's your next evolution. And you don't know what you're going to become because the rock, even on Ben Buckler Cliff at, ben, at, at Bondi, doesn't know where it's going to become, but nature does. It needs to change shape to adapt to the environment. You need to change shape to adapt to your environment. You don't know what the environment you're adapting to is, but nature does. And you do your vision and you set yourself challenges and you set yourself a future that you want and you go through something to get to it. You go through the rigors of a study. You go through the challenges of uh, training. You go through uh, the stress of work. These are not bad things as long as you know that nature has a purpose for everything and it's taking you where you need to be, not where you want to be always, but where you need to be in order to stay what I call relevant. This is called fluidity. And I think it's a word that we need to use more often, fluidity. Fluidity is not waffle. It's not sideways movement. It's not aimlessness. Fluidity is a recognition that you need to be a different version of you in the future in order to be you, in order to adapt, in order to be environmentally sustainable. Everything in nature goes through something to get to something and goes through another something to get to something else. And we say, oh, it's very bad that we chopped the rainforest, very bad global warming. And yes, looking at it from that view, when you're inside a company and you're stressed, you go, oh, it's very bad that this is, and it's very bad. And that's taking an ego view of a very short-term thing. Instead of saying, wow, we're all going through something to get to something, and where we started before we went through something was not necessarily where we're gonna end up. 
Having clarity on this is called leadership. Being on the back edge of that, this is called followership. Trying to fix it is called management. You need to make up your mind which of those three things is gonna be the dominant thought process in your life. This is Chris. You have a beautiful day. Bye for now.